1: Get your brand on board with our
0: podcast and a sponsorship campaign and get into the earphones of 100,000-plus highly engaged music and comedy fans within our show and across ACAST's other famous podcasts. I'll even come up with a creative for you. Get in touch via producerpaul.co.uk, and we'll have a chat about how it works.
1: A funny taste in music with Andrew Bird.
0: Way up! it's a funny tasty music i I need a jingle i need to start a jingle really it's a funny tasty music podcast and it's michael leg this week i explain i'll tell you what i'm going to stop doing on this podcast in my intros i'm going to stop uh doing an intro for the guest who's on it that i then go on to do in the first bit of the podcast i don't know why i keep doing that it's probably annoying people so, uh, I've explained who Michael Legg is at the start. So you're about to hear who he is. He's a brilliant comedian I've known since befo- since I f- first started doing stand-up. The first comedy night I went to was in Northampton. First compare was Stephen K. Amos, and then the second compare was Michael Legg. So I think I've seen Michael Legg before I even started doing stand-up. I should have mentioned that to him. That would have upset him. Um, so he's really brilliant comedian and he's great company. He's great company. You're about to hear that for yourself. Um, he's got a few things on the go. The idiot has got a comedy special on Next Up called The Idiot. He's got a clip that's just been on that. Um, that he talks about um, uh, Northern Ireland and his attitude towards the English, which I particularly enjoyed. So if you watch that, you'll find that funny. It's called The Idiot, so watch that. Um, He's got a new podcast out called Famous for 15 Quid. It's about that cameo thing where uh, famous people say, do greetings for people for a certain amount of money, which is funny in itself. So he's doing a podcast about who charges what. Which, that sounds good to me already. So that's famous for 15 quid. He's got a book out. He's got a book out called Strawberries to Pigs. It's a collection of his blogs that he's written over the years. A blog that I mentioned at the start of this podcast as well. And that I mentioned to him the other day. And he's now had to put in the book because he forgot to add it. So I've delayed the publishing of his own book. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy to delay anyone's creative process. Including my own. Usually with YouTube um so here we go uh what else um i hope you've enjoyed the podcast recently the one last week russell howard that was good wasn't it hey um so if you've enjoyed that and thought wow i should really should really show my gratitude don't tweet me or send me nice messages because i won't take those seriously at all show me gratitude financially with the patreon page um donate money go on fuck's sake donate money um uh so here we go a couple of ads and then the brilliant michael leg a funny taste in music the interview next
1: ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down So, how are you? All right? I am um, very uh, fine. Mm, yeah. Right? I mean, how good can any of us be? Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it? I think the very best of us are doing just about all right. Yeah. right. We're just... We're n- no one's... Um. Not that I know of. No one's, like, you know, run up a high street naked or, like, with a shotgun or anything like that yet. Right no on one street. we know, should I say. No, you probably wouldn't know. Well, that, I mean, we? it, listen. I live in Lewisham in the high street. guy could easily be running up naked with a shotgun. And it, do you know what? He'd fit in very well with the that, people that, you know that live. That here. kind
0: of thing brings a community together. I remember on our street when I lived mm. in Balham in South London, which is really nice mm. now. It was it was all right then, but it's well nice now. But I remember it yeah. was a riot van outside a house. And it was the first time I'd waved to the neighbours. Everyone coming to the window, we're all waving to each other. All right. (laughs) Brings people together in London. Yeah. Be a potential death or GBH. It's what brings you together as people, isn't it? It is.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, like over, I'd say, the last... Maybe not so much immediately recently, but, you know, when there was quite a few terrorist attacks happening in London, perhaps over, like, maybe a six- or seven-year period... The amount of times where Bedlam, uh, you know, terrible things uh, were either happening or the possibility of them were happening. And you would just see Londoners going, well, I just bought a pint, so I'm not moving. I'm not. <laughs> they just wouldn't. they just, yeah. you know, terrorists really have to think about who they're messing with. And, and unfortunately, they're messing with really stubborn people who, when you do pay as much as we do for a beer, you, you, you're going to enjoy it
0: yeah yeah you're messing with apathetic people i had that yeah. the other day do you think of this uh this is going to be potential material i'm flagging it up i saw it i saw a hot air. i was walking the dog really early in the morning sunrise mm-hmm. like blood red sky from the sun coming up beautiful this hot air balloon mm-hmm. come over and sure. at first i didn't know what it was i thought it was like fucking independence day is the end of the world and my first You've evening,
1: never seen a hot air balloon before.
0: No, but because it was just, just coming over the edge of houses, so you could, it just looked like this big thing looming. Right, right. And I oh, thought yeah, that, it might be aliens be invading. This was mid-pandemic, mid-lockdown, and I remember my first thought was, oh, fucking what now? That was it. <laughs> the end of the world. My attitude was, oh, fuck, what now? Could do about another this. another thing yeah i remember oh thinking i've got my car insurance today i've got time for this shit yeah but, um anyway so hey so i'm gonna uh i'm gonna i'm gonna describe you as a human being at the start this is how i always describe That's... you to people and this is how i've mm-hmm. described you to you once and you couldn't remember it and were quite chuffed with yourself when i said it <laughs> remember that t- train journey to aberystwyth
1: of course I do. Of course I remember oh, that good, train good, journey to Aberystwyth. <laughs>
0: this this it, this yeah. sums up everything I like about you. It was a uh, it was from London to Birmingham. You got a change and then a train mm-hmm. to Aberystwyth. It's a nice train journey once you get out beautiful. in the middle of nowhere.
1: Absolutely beautiful.
0: But oh, it's a long one. You're setting yourself up. You mm-hmm. you're it's a day travelling. By the time you change, sure. so we're on the way up, and they said the uh, the connection with Birmingham is going to be delayed two hours or something. We've missed one next one's going to be two hours later there's not a lot of trains to Aberystwyth, was there so no. we had like a two-hour walk around Birmingham train station it's quite a nice train station but so we had that fair enough so then we get the train and then I remember with we- that train had to then stop and we had to change for that train it wasn't direct mm-hmm. so we get on the next train and then that train was delayed for about an hour because it was a faulty door And then a train's worth of people (laughs) got on that train while we were sat on that train. So it was Mm -hmm. one of them trains that was already packed, and then a train load of people got on. So all the aisles were packed, all the everywhere was packed, full of people. People stood up, and I remember there was this woman who got on who had her arm in a sling. And she wanted everyone to know she had her arm in a sling. And she had a very annoying high-pitched voice. And yeah. she spoke like this. And she kept saying, "Excuse me, could you just help me with my bag? I have an arm in a sling." And we we're like, "Fuck, we can all say you've got an arm in a sling."
1: Yeah. And she kept. Yeah.
0: Like, the whole train had to be a part of her... She had to be the centre of attention. It
1: happens all the time, mate, I'm afraid. Yeah. And then she was
0: disciplining her child in a way she wanted everyone around her to know. Stop doing that, please, Thomas. The man doesn't want you to do that. And then there was another bloke who just kept repeatedly tapping a plastic bottle on the back of the chair so between that and that all the delays I just remember you (laughs) staring straight ahead you didn't look at me you just stared straight ahead of you (laughs) and this train was tense that tense train silence where if someone coughs everyone turns around and looks at them tense and you from nowhere just went
1: what is wrong with everyone on this train (laughs)
0: So the whole train heard. (laughs) And no one moved a muscle for the journey after that. No one looked at anyone. And I was fucking delighted. And I thought, from that moment, I thought, well, I'm going to like this man forever. I didn't know you that well at the time.
1: No, no, we didn't really know each other that well then. But here's the thing, Andrew. uh, uh, Take that as a compliment. I must have felt very comfortable in your presence to have done that. But (laughs) secondly... um, uh, yeah, actually, I mean, I'm Northern Irish, but as, you, <coughs> as uh, any listener can tell, my accent's very diluted over the years living uh, in England. But um, but it really comes back when I'm angry. Yeah. So for me, so I uh, it's one of it's one of those natural gifts, you know, that um, uh, the Irish and the Northern Irish have There's two natural gifts that we've got. One is the gift of the gab. Ah, sure has he not got it sure hasn't he got charm and the other thing is if i'm angry then you're all scared and that's <laughs> and that is just a yeah. gift that we are given and i think you're so lucky if you're northern irish uh in um in any part of if you if you like mainland uh britain uh, if if you are on public transport and you are angry and you do shout about it, no one says a fucking word. Oh, no, so I didn't,
0: I didn't even think of your accent. I didn't even take that into consideration. It was just uh, it was mainly you your anger. It was, oh, <laughs> no, right. I wasn't embarrassed. i bloody loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and and then so I've I've always known you to be uh, you know if you've got an opinion you're going to give it and uh, this is why I thought I've got to get you on this podcast because I remember reading this blog yeah. that you did uh-huh. sure. And it, and it kind of, you know, when you're not sure about a song and then someone else gives their opinion, you go, oh, mm. fuck, yeah, that's my opinion. I didn't want it to be my opinion, but I think it is. Yeah. It was a new yeah. Stone Roses single came out. And, uh, all I for was, one. All for one. Yeah. And I was, um, I was.
1: All for one. <laughs>
0: well, that yeah. should have been the headline of your blog. but <laughs> Yeah. The title of your blog was actually one for fuck all.
1: Yeah, not, yeah, you not quite as wetly. Yeah.
0: No, you should have gone with that. Uh, but it's not, mm. You know, you had years to think about that. Um, sure. Yeah. At the yeah, time, yeah. you're obviously consumed with anger, um, and it's a really funny blog. And it, I like what I like is that you use it to kind of um, compare yourself as well from when you were in the Stone Roses at the time <laughs> and now. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. I, like.
1: I think. I think I was comparing. Um, how you know it's very easy to just go um oh jesus christ the stone roses we waited what's 22 years for brand new stone roses material i want to come out it was garbage and then uh, you know it's it's very easy to think that way and then you know i had a moment where i just looked upon my own life and went (laughs) well what have i done in 22 (laughs) years
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's probably a good thing everyone should bear in mind when someone brings something new out let, that's a really yeah. good point. i thought that <laughs> like that. Right. What have I achieved in the in inter- two years? Yeah. 18, I mean,
1: I. Years? Uh, here's the thing. I, uh, I. I know that this is going to sound like it's not connected. So just. Get, just hear me out. Okay. I remember years ago, like I was a young young man when uh, I was dating someone and uh, we went out for eight weeks and uh, then we split up. And after a couple of weeks, she sent me a letter saying uh please michael please don't throw eight weeks away now i wanted to write a letter back but i didn't because she was also obviously hurt that she you know that we had split up and all that stuff. And i didn't write back because i just thought that's not going to help um but i wanted to write back and just go i'm 22. i throw eight weeks away all the fucking time it's mainly all i do But here's the truth of it. When you think back, if I go, God, what have I done in 22 years? I'm 52. I've thrown two sets of 22 years away. Plus, it's easy. (laughs) It's easy just to throw 22 years out the window and not even know you've done it. So the, the absolute gall of me to go, oh, I see the Stone Roses aren't quite as good as they were when they were literally untouchable. When they had the ignorance of youth, that flow. When they had that moment, a moment I, who knows, maybe I did have that moment. And guess what? I lay in bed that day and I did fuck all about that moment. (laughs) But they got up out of bed and they did something with their moment. And I had the gall to go, oh, I see not everything they do is up to my high standards (laughs) that I cannot produce myself.
0: Now, this is an angle of music critic that should really be explored
1: more. Um, Well, here's the thing. I've long thought this. Who is your favourite music critic? Mine's Mark Chapman. He's only had one music review, and it was pretty harsh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mark, not uh, Mark Chapman as in...
1: The man who shot John Lennon.
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell. (laughs) I I thought, you don't mean him. I was trying to think of someone. Is that who you meant
1: then? That, that's, I, I, I I meant that's your, I meant that Mark Chapman. That's your favourite music I, critic. I mean, put it this way, that should keep you on your toes. If the music <laughs> critic is that harsh, you go fuck me. I don't put this out because we'll be shot dead. <laughs> Yeah,
0: fucking hell. yeah. That's a one-star review, that, isn't
1: it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I've never
0: thought yeah. of Mark Chapman as a music critic before. Well, um, he's very harsh,
1: very harsh. <laughs> indeed. Yeah, he was scathing. Yeah, um, but but that's not the point. The point is, the Stone Roses didn't learn anything from uh, 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 Lennon, who, who was clearly influenced them greatly, and yet they claim to be fans. Yet they haven't looked back on his history. And try to uh, learn from it and and build on it. Instead, they put out uh, all for one, and and they, you know, the ego of them thinking I won't get shot dead for this <laughs> proves that we need more music reviewers like my chap.
0: <laughs> what lone gunman?
1: Crazy doesn't have to doesn't have to be lone
0: assassins. Lame. Just roaming, roaming yeah. around in case somebody's going through the motions on an album i think so (laughs) (laughs) that's an angle that's not being thought of um if i'm if i'm to read out just a bit of your blog
1: Mm -hmm. sure oh yeah please
0: the stone right now i'm a massive stone roses fan as well Mm -hmm. but you're you're that bit older than me where you'd have been into them at the time when they're out yeah i was just a bit young so that it was i Mm -hmm. went look back at them retrospectively so but love them, love them. And um, I read your, yeah, so you had, mm-hmm. what it was, you'd heard the new single, All For One. Now, yeah. my, my opinion of it is uh, it's a good tune. What le- what makes it so shit is repeating those lyrics seven times in a row. Those I think lyrics they, are the worst. I think if they maybe uh, said that that bit of lyrics once, they might have just got away with our, but, but ta- write shit lyrics and then repeat them. Seven times. Oh
1: God, they're so bad.
0: But um yeah, I think they. But then there's a good bit of a. I like the guitar bit in it, and yeah. Anyway, but, See, your-
1: but unfortunately, that's what always happens with the Stone rose It's like when it comes like you know, like the Second Coming, their second album coming. This is what people always say. Yeah, but the guitar on is good. I yeah. don't think that it's that's not a saving grace if it's you know the cowbell could be good on it i don't fucking know the songs are terrible the lyrics are bullshit the <laughs> vibe is not there man so the <laughs> guitar could be as technically perfect as it wants it's well done you found uh you found a cherry in a pile of bullshit.
0: yeah it- there's there's no point pointing out that john squires is a good guitarist we're aware yeah to the detriment yeah. of the vocals a lot um yeah so uh you wrote so you were walking around trying to listen to this song and trying to get into it you'd listened to it about eight times at this point mm-hmm. you'd left a gig i can yeah. see the scene you're walking alone you've had a couple of drinks you're in your own mm-hmm. You've, mm-hmm. i i knowing you and just describing you from that train journey i think the listener can already get you probably built yourself up into a frenzy for no reason you're walking alone. yeah along.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's true.
0: And here, you would gone to the. You made it clear you're not one for public urinating, but you're absolutely desperate. So you're going under yeah. a viaduct, and there's some junky yeah. needles on the floor. And in your blog. Yeah, was... <laughs> you're weeing away. And your blog, I'll read it out quick, says, Junky needles lay all well over the ground as I pissed. This did not make me feel any better. How did that young lead singer, you're talking about yourself here, quite yeah, pompously, humorously, it. pompously, that mm. artist, that playwright, end up alone, under a viaduct, at midnight, pissing near junky needles. What would he think of what I've turned him into? I made him middle-aged, I made him alone, I made him piss on junky needles. As I thought all this, I used my piss to move two of the needles together, so they formed a V-shape. Then, just above the needles, I pissed two half-circles side-by-side, so that the V and the piss half-circles made a heart. I really did this in real life. I stood there under that viaduct and thought about getting fired from that band and not painting and not writing my play and I was old and alone and I was shit and really, really, what have I done with my life? I made a love heart out of piss and junkie needles and that's when I finally got the new Stone Roses single.
1: Exactly. You know, what else is it? then the sound of men pissing their lives away and making a and making hey man we're all together out of fucking piss and junkie needles <laughs> that's just all it is
0: it was nicely put did, when, yeah. when did someone maybe
1: the... maybe um the maybe it's mark Chapman and then me yeah there yeah. we go those are the harshest music critics really. <laughs>
0: yeah you're only one level off yeah. i mean yeah. that, to be fair all members of the band got out of this review unscathed they're still alive. So, yeah. They're still healthy. Yeah, they, That's they, they good. Did. That's yeah. good. But um, so where uh, so where did where did you? Well, we'll get to the Stone Roses in a minute uh, when you sure. got into them. Where did you grow up in Northern Ireland? Whereabouts was it again?
1: It's a town called Newtonards, and it's um, it's about ten miles away from Belfast. Uh, it was. It's uh, you know. It's um, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a ninety percent Protestant town, I'm Catholic, which means uh, there was actually very little trouble because um it, it's only there's only trouble if it's fifty fifty. Oh, but right. there's there's so so such a low percentage of Catholics it just doesn't seem worth having a fight over. So, is
0: that, was that, is that yeah. like the Protestant attitude as well? Like, oh, well I, well, like, I, I only think I think,
1: the- I think also the Catholic attitude is well we'll never be able to beat them, so f- fuck it. Just <laughs> keep our heads down. It doesn't really matter.
0: This is never on the news.
1: This, this kind of yeah. thing should be on the news.
0: Yeah. yeah, nice peaceful town where the Catholics know not to mm. have a go, and the Protestants, Protestants think that's ah, not bother.
1: Yeah, it's not. Who it could be
0: honest. They will yeah. get along. They will get along fine. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. No, it's durals. generally
1: fine. So yeah, so I didn't have. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't really grow up in, with the complete angst and fury of the troubles. I think my angst and uh, fury of the troubles came way Ret- later. Like yeah,
0: retrospectively.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I suppose because of being in, in the safety of quite a. You know, I wouldn't say no. It's a nice time because it's fucking not, but uh, relatively safe there. I, I I didn't. I didn't realize how bad the troubles were, which is a stupid thing to say. Um, but but now i do hmm, yeah i think i've got a chip on my shoulder about it <laughs> I think
0: that's fair. yeah i think it's a fair chip <laughs> yeah it's yeah, a fair old yeah, chip yeah, um yeah. there was a, well just quickly as well i uh, i messaged you how much i liked your recent mm. video you put a video out you've got a special out on um next up the yeah year.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's been up for, I'd say, about maybe six or seven months. I don't know. It, that, it could be two years. My memory's really dusty. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's my last, I guess, my last uh, solo show, the one that I would have done and for the whole of the F- Edinburgh Fringe run, whenever the last Edinburgh Fringe was. What year is this? I don't know, 2021? So it would have been like two yeah. August ago. And, um, yeah, and it's... It's 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 a show that pretends to be about Iggy Pop. I love Iggy Pop. Absolutely oh. love Iggy Pop. Love Iggy Pop, but it's not really about Iggy Pop. It's about um uh it's about the the you know the possibility which is looking more and more like an inevitability of serious uh a serious return of the troubles uh, to Northern Ireland as a knock-on effect of Brexit. Right. But I'm trying to hide it behind, you know, uh, talking about Iggy Pop.
0: That's, yeah, that's a bit heavy, a subject. So you've uh, you've decided to go Iggy
1: Pop first. Yeah, well, it's, my point is, in the entire show is, we have a choice in life, don't we? We have a choice. There, there are avenues in every... Uh, it, we all have them. And only, it's so weird that only one human being ever decided, I'm going to go down the road that makes me Iggy Pop. Only one person decided to be Iggy Pop. And yeah. I don't know why I didn't decide to be Iggy Pop, because it's better than my life. I, I, Andrew, I know that you're a very happy family man. You've got a great life. Also, you're an incredibly successful comedian. But Iggy Pop's got a better life than you. No oh, offence, yeah. he just does. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is we should have gone down that road, and we didn't. And But more to so the point, you look at someone like Jacob Rees-Mogg, who not only decided to say no to being Iggy Pop, he decided to say yes to being Jacob Rees-Mogg, <laughs> which is definitely more confusing (laughs) yeah
0: i've done better than him i could console
1: myself oh right oh yeah oh absolutely that's what and that's also part of the show is i I absolutely make sure everyone knows we're not the worst yeah we're not him we're we're, we're, no way
0: that's the bit in the video i like where you uh you refer to his attitude to um to the northern irish uh sort of perspective and then you you go into quite beautifully shouting you, you English cunts now as stu- an
1: English stu- stupid English
0: cunts sorry stupid sorry English. I misquoted you there. stupid <laughs> yeah. English cunts yeah. now as an English person I can't tell you mm. how much I enjoyed that I think it, a lot I mean, a lot of English people love it when they're called because we would really like to call ourselves that a lot more I think we do really and we are now because yeah, of Brexit.
1: So. but
0: yeah you know it's it was, so good to uh, hear it
1: it's um it it was one of those things um you you know you can imagine that being a gamble uh saying that out loud you know you could (laughs) no you you know you could easily offend people but there was something i felt confident about doing it because i'm northern irish doing it every day in scotland and something about that said to me you'll be all right
0: (laughs) yeah oh yeah i didn't realize that was filmed in scotland
1: (laughs) No. Oh no, that no, that's filmed in London. That's filmed. Oh no, in London.
0: that's fair enough then. Yeah. That's all right then. That's all right. Yeah, you had the balls think, to do it in London. I think
1: I think London would absolutely be the first to go. Yeah, we're not England. We're the world. Okay, we're London.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah good point. Good point. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So in in Northern Ireland, growing up, what what was um. Mm. Well, I asked you this as though I was aware when I was younger of what the bands were in Northampton or where I grew up, but what, what do you remember of the music growing up in Northern Ireland?
1: Well, it was mainly of the marching variety, um, but uh, <laughs> those, those were the main first live bands was, I saw. There was a lot of drums. There was twiddling of drumsticks. Mainly. mainly. Um, uh, well, I mean, I know. I mean, I, I I was a very yeah, people, I was a child. People, mo-
0: people moan now. Talk about I've never thought of that. People say you got iPhones now and Apple yeah. and Spotify. I used yeah. to have a Discman. I used to have a Walkman. You had to walk behind a whole band down the street. We, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. What? We, 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 no choice. They follow. It's not like today where you can choose what song you play. No, the whole band <laughs> would be right beside you as you walk down your street. They didn't take requests.
0: They played very much what they wanted. Yeah of a political yep. ill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was ba- basically that. So I mean, I guess I heard a lot of those bands. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I you know, it's it's like being an ice cream van at the end of the day, that's not the music you you you, you put on. You know, you hear it all day, so you don't go yeah. home and listen to that. So, um yeah. uh it's it was yeah, I I I rarely listened to loyalist orange flute band music in the comfort of my own home, <laughs> unless it, yeah. they just happen to be marching past. <laughs> I never put it on. I'd say it's it's a fair if it, it's fair to say that. But but I did I did listen to uh, uh, folk music, Irish folk music, when I was a child. But th- th- that was my parents' record collections, uh, the Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makem, and and I didn't like it. He did. Well, it's really it's really no who would have thought I wouldn't have ah sure well did I I didn't like any of that but weirdly I've I've, I've started to to really like it. It's oh, there's a, there's an album by the Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makem and it's, it's it's it was recorded live in I'm pretty sure it was London in 1960. Uh so this is before the troubles but still I mean, you dare not say the IRA in if you're Irish in England. I mean, you dare not say it. 1960, v- a very dodgy subject to bring up. But in this live album called Hardy and Hellish, there they are making jokes about how uh, it's not really a gig. They're here to recruit for the IRA. You'll get forms in the way. It's all this stuff. Good joke. You're right. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good gang. <laughs> But here's the thing: I listened to this album. And went, do you know what? I, I I sort of recognized the album cover so much from my childhood. It's yeah. four guys wearing chunky, you know, Aran jumpers. <laughs> yeah. It couldn't be any more Irish. And and I thought I'm, got, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it on Apple Music and I'm gonna listen to it. And there I was on my way to meet a friend in a central London pub. And I'm not kidding you. I listened to it from my journey from Lewisham into the centre of town. All this pro IRA diddly d stuff. I'm not kidding you. By the time I got to that London pub, I was ready to just leave a bag down and walk out. It was just it was a very influential album. I thought I'd best not listen to that again.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's a very very political toe tapper.
1: You yeah. were du- <laughs> indoctrinated without even realising it. Yeah, they, they charmed me. <laughs>
0: Is that so? What else did your parents listen to though, other than, other than?
1: They they, they were not... They were not the musical force in my family. I'm the youngest of five kids, so all my... Oof. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's quite a small Catholic family. But um, <laughs> but the biggest Protestant family of all time.
0: <laughs> Other people thought, God, they must have had trouble conceiving those Catholics.
1: <laughs> yes. Five.
0: <laughs> Let's uh, not ask. Don't ask. They
1: must, they must have been really ugly. <laughs> now, um, so... so they uh they didn't they uh, you know by the time I came along they'd lost any monopoly over the record player you know long you know long before I came along ah, yeah. so um I grew up I, I suppose really lucky with with my sisters my brothers mainly having good musical taste I think I mean D- David Bowie was constantly played in the house and um Mark Bolan a lot and um and, and Roxy Music, which is still a band I can't get into. I, d- I don't know why. I just can't get into that band. But but because they played all this really good music, which I definitely loved, I absolutely yeah. loved David Bowie, and I still have such a strong memory of the entire family watching Top of the Pops and seeing David Bowie for the very first time. Even though I was really young, I was probably only four or five, but I remember everyone going, fucking hell, what, what is this? I'm yeah. loving him. Absolutely loving him. Um but then once I got to eleven, <clears throat> which is the right age to get into heavy metal, eleven, you, you turn it <laughs> up to eleven. And <laughs> that's 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 official. That's official. Yeah, yeah. I just I decided that I didn't like any of my brothers and sisters' music, which was completely untrue because I did like it. Yeah. But I decided now I want to. I want to be a bit more of an individual. Music
0: for yourself. You music
1: for myself.
0: You were rebelling against your your older siblings. You don't hear that much It's usually yeah. the, your parents, isn't it. Yeah, play this yeah. Is in your bedroom because your parents I, don't approve.
1: I guess it's because every what, what, all my siblings all had posters, and my my parents had very few pop music posters up in on their bedroom. Uh, but what all my siblings had, and I suppose that was just a bit too. Yeah, I had Star Wars posters up, but they all had bands. So I said, "Well, I don't like those bands." then.
0: yeah. So, I know what you
1: mean. so I decided. Well, uh, again, it's Top of the Pops, very influential when I was young. I saw Iron Maiden performing "Running Free" on Top of the Pops, and I went, "Yes, those men in lycra, they're my guys." <laughs> 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 those are the ones for me. And here's the thing: uh, you would think. You know, you, I think you know I'm a, a very mature, uh, uh, intelligent man. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you would think, well, that's, that's the taste you have when you're 11. The good thing about that is you'll, like, grow that. Oh, heavy metal, hair metal, yeah, that's the kind of thing you grow out of, yes. De- def- definitely. Well, it, uh, I hope then that you'll understand that my very first album was Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden. I got it in 1980 when I was 11. And yesterday... I sent off a pitch to Iron Maiden to, to, to hopefully uh, be the host of their official podcast. That's what I do. So I have not, in fact, I'm not kidding you, right by my laptop. Yeah. Iron Jesus. Maiden. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I haven't uh... got over them. I haven't got over them. So this, yeah, this is... Uh, sorry, oh, I, really? I, I, I get, uh, listeners, I just lifted up Uh, nine Iron Maiden albums Uh, this is is, this is Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden I'm now holding up listeners and this is uh this is obviously a cd version uh this is not the version I bought uh but yeah I bought it on vinyl
0: 1980 that's a 14 obsession
1: yeah and uh yeah I haven't quite shaken them off yet
0: I, you see I can completely understand that I have I know you probably uh, I'm not sure how you're going to react to this I have that I can see I don't know how long I've been into them now but I can't see my obsession with Oasis going anywhere that's right. not going anywhere so I complete. I can't that doesn't seem well, weird what, to me at all what
1: age would you have been though when Oasis sort of you probably would have been of the, the absolute perfect age like 15 oh yeah
0: well I, yeah. I've said this a good few times my 15th birthday was was it Two days after "What's the Story Morning Glory" was released, right? Okay, oh, so, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, right. You so were I'm absolutely right. the perfect age.
0: Yeah. So, but I can't. I I can. When people say they are in bands and then that was when they were young, and they it's like, "How did you stop?" Some bands I can yeah. see, but I c- I can completely understand Iron Maiden. That's going nowhere. If that's what you are into.
1: I think heavy metal is. Uh, I mean, I, I am absolutely an indie music fan. If, if I had to, that's what I
0: thought of you. I didn't know you were in. Probably oh what listen
1: no, well you're I've... gonna find i've got i've got many i've got you know plenty of old wide uh, uh, taste really yeah. as far as uh music goes but here's the thing about um heavy metal yeah heavy metal is something i think that you think you're supposed to outgrow. Mm. but here's the truth of it i'm a huge indie music fan indie music is thought of as intelligent and yeah. deep And dark and it's it's a soulful kind of brooding music that you know us well-read people, whereas heavy metal isn't. But here's the truth of it: heavy metal is the music you put on when you're sad. If you put on indie music, go I'm feeling really sad. I put on the Smiths, you fucking deserve everything you get. Because (laughs) heavy metal will go, You sad? That's a shame. We're over here having a great time. Do you wanna join us? do you know what heavy metal i fucking do heavy metal will not let you sit there and wallow heavy metal will go mate we know you're hurting we're all hurting but we're doing something about it do you want to do something about it with us? yes i do
0: are you reading out your pitch that you just sent to iron maiden for no, the podcast I'm not. That, that's <laughs> not
1: even in it that's the, that, maybe i should have this
0: is this is quality stuff <laughs> this all should be on a t-shirt or something I've never thought of that. No. you see there's the that's there's two ways of looking at it. That's your way. Uh John Richardson is you won't be surprised to know, he's more of mm. if you're in a introspective wallowing mm. mood, he goes head on with it. He'll go for a right. drive and put radio head on. He'll sure. embrace it. Which not saying that's wrong, but your way of looking yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, let's put heavy metal on. They're <laughs> gonna they're gonna bring me out of this.
1: I mean, put it this way, uh, I, if I was down and I was behind the wheel of a car, I would not put Radiohead on, just in case.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, two minutes. Not on a road with a lot of bridges no, or ditches. Too tempting. No.
1: No, I wouldn't. Uh, but probably you could easily say that about, you know, Iron Maiden. Maybe you should go, do you know what? I'm in a great mood behind the wheel of this car. Maybe that's not such a good thing either.
0: Yeah. Do, do you feel then that people kind of. I know what you mean. when Because uh, uh, heavy metal has had the same kind of thing punk has had. Maybe probably more. It's been caricatured, hasn't it?
1: Oh, but uh, yeah. But it's also caricatured by the people who make it. You know, it's. Uh, oh, yeah, good point. I mean here's the thing Um, if you go and see Iron Maiden live uh, for people who have no idea uh, really about Iron Maiden they just think oh yeah that's not for me which is totally fair enough you go that's not for me do you know what it's all just middle aged people taking really shit music too seriously well here's the truth of it me, the band the thousands and thousands of people in that room we go there because it's a laugh and we're watching a pantomime, and we know we're watching a pantomime. Know. All those monsters and stuff behind the band, we go fuck me. That is actually real. That's made me think. <laughs> no, you know it hasn't. We're having a good time. There's there's a great. Uh, it's not you know the Onion. Um, you know the Onion, the satire online yes. newspaper. Yeah. But it's one of the sort of knockoffs of the Onion. They, it, some website did a, a newspaper, a, a mock newspaper. St- story and it said uh iron maiden fans unironically enjoying life <laughs> and, it was, uh, and it, the whole article was go no we like wearing bomb bags sorry that you think we're wearing it for some sort of laugh or go, no we're just having a good time sorry you're miserable but we're actually enjoying ourselves yeah and i think that's a much more honest uh look at uh what i think is bringing about heavy metal
0: Right, that's a cracking description of heavy metal because I've, I've never really got into heavy metal. like you can with heavy metal you can understand like as a fan of heavy metal, like you just then said, you can understand why people don't like it. Oh yes, yeah. it's very it's loud and it? it's very but uh, the other week uh, uh, we're talking I was talking to Dan on this podcast, one of my mates, mm. and he was like, he's into heavy metal quite a lot, and he's saying that people don't realize what great players they are the yeah. drummers what oh. amazing players they are listen because it's so much pantomime I'm, It's not it's you know absolutely. It's, it's all overblown and it's all a bit ridiculous but they're yeah. amazing musicians
1: absolutely and you're right it's it, it is overblown of course it's overblown and a, and, and pointing at the drummers is, is is probably the greatest example because you'll just hear every, it's they're not hitting the drums it's a drum roll every time oh, every, yeah they go do you know, hang on, was there a tiny gap where a drum wasn't being hit? Let's smash the fuck out of it. Yeah, yeah. Do it's, you
0: need 28 cymbals on a drum kit? No. No, no we, need <laughs> we need
1: 48.
0: We need so many. If you've got a massive skull above you, the drum kit needs to be big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's quite a big skull, but do you know what? It's not on fire so let's you do that next.
0: <laughs> let's do that next time do you uh well, are you a fan of uh two things that i love about heavy metal they they kind of make you know enjoying the fun of it uh the <laughs> film bad news the of comic course, strip, uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah more bad
0: news brilliant Here's the thing. uh,
1: The comedian uh, uh, Robin Ince um, and I uh, uh, were we're very good friends. And one of the things that we we, the two things really we talked about when we first sort of uh, became friends was uh, was, um, we talked about music. We talked about uh, our love of the Smiths, which is obviously something that we um, don't really talk about anymore. Um, (laughs) It's really hard to defend a cunt. That's what I always what,
0: say. What I've said recently, you've really mm-hmm. got a focus on Johnny Marr. That's all you can do. I mean, that's all, that's all we sh- fine. that's all we should have all done from the start. Yep,
1: yep. Uh, the only actual vegan in the band, but let's leave that to one side. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, where were we? Um, so
0: we've lost Robin, it's you. Robin, Inns, yeah. The two things you realised yeah. were good friends was the Smiths,
1: right? So we we talked about the Smiths. And then uh, we talked about, um, wow, how have I forgotten this so fucking quickly? Heavy metal? No, it wasn't heavy metal. It's clearly it wasn't that fucking interesting a story. Don't
0: worry, Paul will cut this bit. Uh, yeah, no, thanks, for the time, Paul. Um, two mm-hmm. things, when you first became friends with Robin Ince was music and heavy metal, bad
1: news. That's it. When I first met Robin Ince, we talked about two things.
0: (laughs) I think we should to keep all that in. Do
1: do you know what? Oh, please do keep it in. And do you know what? This is also a great example of what it's like to be in mine and Robin Ince's company. Except I'm allowed to talk. Which would not be allowed if Robin was here. At least you just get you get you get all the drama of neither of us being able to remember what we were fucking talking about two yeah. seconds ago, but without um, the intellectual weight of Robin actually being here. <laughs> so we, so please do, Paul, keep all that in. It's all good stuff. Sure. <laughs> so we met. We talked about two things. One of them was. Yeah. One of them was. Uh, Music. We talked about The Smiths. We talked about swade We also talked about bad news and and more importantly, more bad news. The, the second one, that's better one, isn't it? Yeah. The opening scene with Rick Mail walking down that street, and he stands in dog shit. <laughs> he takes his shoe off and then stands in his socked feet, stocking feet in the dog shit again. It is. Sock. We both agreed. We went that. That is one of the funniest things. Yeah. It might be the funniest thing I've ever seen.
0: I don't think it would be as funny if it was anyone else other than Rick Mayo doing it, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then, then he goes in the house, and the reporter knocks mummy. His door. And, mummy. 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 <laughs> uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> Unbelievable film. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, and it's all. If, for those who haven't seen it, you've got to watch it. So it's, uh, it's, it get, it's not got, uh, it's not got the respect it deserves because it came out pretty much really? at the same time as Spinal Tap. So everyone yeah. goes on about Spinal Tap, when more bad news, I reckon I find that funnier. Personally. Uh, 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 but then it's, I love it's, it. Male. I'm always gonna yeah,
1: um,
0: and the, bit, right. and- the bit of the end where he's had his uh, I don't want to ruin it, but he's had his throat mm. <laughs> he's had his throat slit. He does this thing of sticking his tongue out all the time and he has his yeah. he's had his throat slit at castle donington and the camera goes across him in a hospital <laughs> bed yeah. all in a gurney and he tries to do the thing where he sticks his tongue out and goes and probably 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 stretches all the stitches that he's just had in his throat oh what yeah. a film it's brilliant there's that it's, it's superb there's that. What a film. And uh the other thing, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, I absolutely love Anvil.
1: Oh, well, Anvil's great. Yeah. I, I mean, th- I, I, Anvil's great. I I once that documentary came out. I thought, do "You know what? I'm I'm going to listen to a bit of Anvil." Yeah. They're not great. But that yeah. doesn't matter because the documentary is.
0: I did the same. I bought their album out of respect. Yeah. For those who haven't seen that, yeah. it's uh, the story of two best friends who formed a band and it and it because I think as comedians we're fascinated with it and people are in in a, you know doing something whatever it is painting or whatever and you're trying to make it that thing of it's indefinable yeah. why some people make it and some people just slip away and don't yeah. and Anvil were yeah. at around at the time of mm. all the massive heavy metal bands that went on to be huge and they just mm. fell away and it just cut start of the film it shows them playing a gig that is like 10,000 people back in the 70s or something, and then the yeah. start of the film was them delivering food in the ice and snow, doing a day job, and they've still got the band together, two of them. It's they've phenomenal. still been in the band for 30 odd years or whatever. It
1: is phenomenal.
0: And the young yeah. kid that they took on the road with them, who was a fan, went on to be a big filmmaker, and then yeah. he got back in touch, and they were like, yeah, we're still in the band. He was like, what? And went back. It's like he came full circle. He came back and made a documentary about them that gave them a second chance.
1: Yeah. But someone,
0: uh, someone described—I uh, forgot his name—Lips, the lead singer, mm. how relentlessly positive he is. He's like a bounding yeah. puppy dog. Someone described him: if he was holding a handful of dog shit, he would go, "I'm so lucky to be holding this shit," which yeah. is a great description of his relentless optimism. That had me in tears at one point.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. It is a very moving documentary. And here's the thing: I'm glad that you liked it. I'm glad that you got the whole sort of friendship part because that is what it's about. It's about friendship. Yeah. That's absolutely what it's about. Then you will be delighted to know that maybe two years after that documentary came out and walking through the middle of Soho in London and I see them both and they're just standing outside a pub smoking and they're giggling. They're not laughing. They're giggling, which is a totally different thing. Giggling yeah. is more conspiratorial, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they right. And now just went they're proper mates aren't they? they're proper mates at all times yeah. and, uh, and I was so happy about it
0: oh they're so the pair of them are so funny as well uh, so un, uh, unaware that they're funny mm. that apparently at one point where they were making the documentary some of the camera crew pulled the producer over who knows them who's making the film and said mm-hmm. what, what is this Are they? are these two real <laughs> Is it? Are they like <laughs> yeah. if this? Is a fuck about and these two are like actors and their characters? Just yeah. tell us now, don't mess us about because they couldn't believe they were real people because <laughs> they're so, yeah, just unaw-
1: unaware. It's phenomenal, it's absolutely properly phenomenal. So, from,
0: from that, I was like, I'm not into heavy metal, but I'm watching that, love that film, and got that album that his sister mortgaged her house so they can make that album. Mm. And, it's uh, great. And uh, I got that album and uh, you know, it's all right. Um, but yeah, but um yeah, I could see why if you're into heavy metal, that's going nowhere, but you weren't always in there. You going into heavy metal and then how did you go? F- okay. That was just okay. always there in the background. And then you went into, when did you get in the Smiths then? So can't I can't be I mean, long that after. would have
1: been, it. well, I mean, no, it was, it was 1989 when I bought my first Smiths album. So it, you know, the Smiths are already split. Oh. Um That was that was my agreement. I'm not buying anything until this band is over. It's a bit like, you know, when people yeah. keep telling you Breaking Bad's goods, well, I'm going to wait till everyone's fucking fed up of it, and then I'll watch it. So I was like that with the Smiths. In fact, I was so much like that with the Smiths. I think it was 1980, I say I think it was, I know it was, 1984, and I was offered a ticket to see the Smiths at the Ulster um, Hall in Belfast. Oh, don't on say ice. It.
0: Oh. Don't say it. You didn't oh, go, did you?
1: I, did. I said no. What, what? I said no, didn't like them. I, th- I th- thought they were shit. <laughs> and I thought Morrissey was a twat. Uh, at least I was ahead of the curve on that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I thought they were shit. Uh, they weren't metal enough for me. Oh, yeah, that would uh, But be... weirdly, Nick Kershaw was. Nick Kershaw was metal enough for me because he ended up being the first band, live band that I ever saw. Right. I don't know why. I'll, I'll never know why, but... Do, do you remember
0: who offered you a ticket for the Smiths? Who was that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, well, and weirdly, his nickname was Lips. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Now, it, was, it was a guy called Paul Malone who I'll be honest with you with the exception of my friend Dopes Paul Malone was like the only guy at school I liked <laughs> I fucking hated everyone at school um, and Paul was the one I liked because he liked music Um, I liked as far as he was concerned I liked terrible music uh, but I actually liked his taste in music as well as my own terrible apparently taste in music uh, he sold me my first Madness album. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty good. I was That was a good uh, oh, he's purchase. he's
0: a big, big influence. He's a big player. On yeah, yeah.
1: really. And actually, we went to see my very first ever stand-up show together, me and uh, Paul. We went Where to was see, that? Uh, that was at the Queen's Hall in uh, Belfast. We went to see Alexi Sale together. That makes so sense. So that was 85 that makes sense that you would yeah.
0: like a sale.
1: And then I ended up supporting Lexi sale on a tour.
0: What a life. What the.
1: So there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It was. Uh, so, yeah, he he offered me the, the ticket, ticket to the see Smith. I went, no. Mm. and um, I don't care. Well, I'm going. And, and um, I'm going to try and tell this story as quickly as I possibly can. For reasons that um, I think I may have told this story so many times on podcasts this is now surely the last time I'm ever going to be able to tell this story
0: oh lovely this is, fa- this is the final this, this is it. This farewell is edition of this story to, to this privilege. story
1: so I then said to Paul I want to go and see Nick Kershaw and he went what the fuck is wrong with you or words to that effect yeah. and I said well I've got two tickets you want to come with me and he went yeah So he went with me to see Nick Kershaw. Now, time passes. You get a little bit older. I'm still a teenager, but I'm a little bit older. And I think, oh, the first... I could have seen The Smiths! I could have seen The Smiths! Somebody in the future is going to say to me, Michael, what was the first band you ever saw live? And I could have said The Smiths! Mm. But instead, I have to say Nick Kershaw. So what happened was, (laughs) I moved from Northern Ireland to London. And I thought... I can rewrite history now. <laughs> right? I can yeah. start all over again. It's
0: like going to university. You can reinvent Absolutely.
1: yourself. Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking. So I thought, whatever the first band is I see in London has to be phenomenal. So that when people say to me, well, who's the first band you saw? Uh, good question. First band I saw in London was... And then I could just answer the question. Oh, you can just like so London can just, in there. I, I can sort of go, well, bands never really came to Northland. What were the troubles? sad for me all that sort of thing so yeah moved to london uh, unfortunately uh, there was someone in london that um i liked in a romantic way that she did not um uh, she didn't see happening any time in the future That's she, didn't, fine. she didn't share your view she didn't share she didn't see that i was great in the way uh. that i saw me as great no which is it's insane yeah. so REM are playing at the, uh, the Green Tour, 1989. I went, yes. REM, the Green Tour, come on. I say to her, REM are playing. I don't like REM. It doesn't matter. You just need to come with me, and we'll, we'll you know, we'll. we'll it's two hours of your life. I just need. You know, Elton John's playing that night. No, I don't. I don't care about Elton John. I don't like Elton John. And weirdly, I'd seen Elton John live like three times by that stage. And I don't know why, because I don't like Elton John. Mm. But then I thought about it. Oh, fucking hell, I'm going to end up going to see Elton John. But at least, at least Elton John's better than Nick Kershaw, right? At least it's a tiny bit better when people say, what was your first band? I go, oh, first band I saw in London was Elton John, actually. Classic rock stuff. Yeah. So I get tickets to see Elton John and we go to Wembley Arena and we sit down and the support band comes on. Nick Kershaw.
0: <laughs> you cannot escape it. That that was <laughs> Do your Do you know lie. what that
1: is fate? That is that... fate.
0: That was your. You had no idea. You, mm-hmm. as you were weeping in your hands. What did you? And she asked, "Michael, Michael, we I can just, we can go. We can go and see REM." What did you say? There, just started rocking back him? and
1: forward. Yeah, just I just can't. He 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 made this all happen. I I now completely believe in the paths of fate. You <laughs> cannot avoid your destiny.
0: <laughs> no. You just can't. Well, that was never going to work out. When she said she didn't like REM, who doesn't like REM? Fucking idiot! Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> so, so we were. So when did so when did you, uh, in retrospect, decide then you liked the Smiths? Was that when you were in London? You suddenly went. Yeah,
1: I ah. mean, uh, he, how did it did, dawn you know, on you that you were? That it was, was were a proper dawn. It was a proper dawning moment. It absolutely was. I was looking through CDs in uh, the Virgin Mega Store. Uh, on oxford street S- yeah sadly no ah, longer that with was us.
0: great because you could go right. there run to brilliant. hmv before you had your phone you could go on amazon or whatever and check yeah. prices you go to virgin five you minute did. run up the road to hmv compare price run back
1: oh yeah brilliant yeah you, you could sometimes save there. 70p yeah, yeah yeah but but here's the thing i was flicking through the cds and there is a light that never goes out but the smiths was playing Oh, never heard it before and i went oh god this is brilliant and if um you know our views on Morrissey, you know to one side it, it, it probably is my favorite so god damn it so i heard it and just went oh shit this is amazing and i went that's morrissey isn't it i you know at least i knew his voice I went to smith so i started looking through smith cds so there is a light that never goes out. But um uh the world won't listen. And that was my first and also I knew it was uh <clears throat> I was destined to become a Smith fan because uh as soon as I found the right Smith CD, I looked up and on the other side of the CD racks there was a Cyberman flicking through CDs. There's a man dressed as a Cyberman from Doctor Who, and I went Well, I love Doctor Who, so there's another sign that this is all this'll all be fine what could go wrong with being a smith's fan yeah I
0: well again let's focus heavily on johnny marr because he he is without doubt a dude he is the Would reason you... it's acceptable to uh that's the reason when people say to me uh you're one of the reasons as well when people say to me why am i vegan i say uh mm-hmm. well because johnny marr is an absolute bloody hero yeah <laughs> it's good enough for yeah. him and you, am- I like the reason you're vegan. That's one of the best <coughs> reasons I've ever
1: heard. Oh, yeah. Out of spite. You were vegetarian and then yeah. you went vegan to spite Adam Bloom. To spite, well, more to spite Adam Bloom's uh, audience at the, uh, gig in Reading. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, I think everyone's entitled to say whatever they want. But I don't think, um, I think if you have an audience cheer, something that is fundamentally fucking wrong, then I get a bit chippy.
0: Yeah. So, um, he did, so he did, you were a vegetarian. He did a thing about vegetarians fucking commit, you coward, something like that. He did a bit. Yeah.
1: It wasn't quite like that, but it was something along the lines of, um, uh, Oh, what about uh, corn chicken flavored nuggets. Oh, well, a chicken had to die so that somebody could taste that. So then you would, you know, then you knew what a chicken tasted like. Yeah. Um, and then he, he, he called vegetarians, you self-righteous pricks. I mean, I had a couple of things that I saw wrong with that routine. And one was, um, it's actually chicken style nuggets. It's not chicken flavor. So someone just had to see what a bit of chicken looked like. They didn't have to kill a chicken to taste it. Uh, the other thing is um, self-righteous pricks really self right i can think of nothing more self-righteous than going do you know what i'm hungry something should die (laughs) really you're that important yeah that's how important i am uh, i'm peckish i
0: but what you're missing out of this story that i liked as well that you were supposed to give him a lift home and you just fucked (laughs) off and left him (laughs) that's my favorite bit you fucked even- off, you left him and you left any thought I of did, ever eating an animal product ever again, all in one night You've told yeah. Adam Bloom this
1: Oh yeah, 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 listen I bet it messed with his head for a week I'm, I don't know, you never know what Adam, so much stuff messes with his head, Yeah. you know anything could happen between him getting off stage and getting to the backstage area, I mean anything and <laughs> it yeah. would fuck with his head well before he even thought about whether or not I'm still there Oh, yeah. So, so the knows? fact that
0: he's the person that was giving him a lift is gone because of something he said. He'd get yeah. to the bottom of that. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but Johnny Johnny Marr, without doubt, the coolest guitarist. I mean, superb. Super. If someone if someone's I'd... so cool that Noel Gallagher, lo- I mean, he completely like copies everything about Johnny Marr. Yeah. I think he would say that he wants to be Johnny Marr. Who doesn't want to be Johnny Marr? Who doesn't he want, want, to want to be Johnny, be Marr? Johnny Marr? Yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, so it's not often you hear a song in HMV or Virgin, and right? You, it's kind of in the background. You don't often mm. hear a song. And go, Oh, what's this? Oh, I'll get this. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. other people do that. I've never done that. No, you did that I mean, with the Smiths, even though they played down the road from your house, yeah. <laughs> where you got into yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was yeah, in a sure. mega store in London. It's yeah, what would, it's what they would have wanted. That's uh, um, where all the kids hear the cool music. Yeah, and they are that by that point, how long have they split up by then?
1: Uh, I s- did. They split up in '86 or '87, something like that. So oh, two, three know. years. Oh, but it was long, an, uh, but... certainly certainly enough time for Morrissey to start a solo career. Uh, certainly enough time for you know for them to be no longer with us. Yeah, and uh, and I thought. N- there's never been a better time than to, to become a fan and uh, constantly lament the time that I was offered a ticket and said no.
0: Oh, God, that's, that's going to niggle forever. That I yeah. mean, I've, I've got a few things that I missed out on that I, w- I wish I got into earlier, but that's, that's about... Like, I didn't get into Oasis as early as I could have because I was so obsessed with the Beatles, but I didn't refuse a ticket right. for them.
1: Um, yeah, I'm also a really big Queen fan, and I um, I said no to Queen.
0: Wow, seems to be a yeah. uh, theme occurring here.
1: Yeah, uh, if 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 any uh, like really good bands are listening to this right now, if I haven't been to see you, take it as a great compliment. <laughs> that, I yeah. do it to all my favorites.
0: Yeah, you will really appreciate their artistry <laughs> four years from yeah. now, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, wow, so you went? You went? Uh, hang on, you went, you've gone heavy metal? You've gone Smiths? Mm. You've gone Queen?
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and also don't you know? Don't even uh, get me started on general top forty music, which is really what I loved in the eighties and nineties. I mean, I'm 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 a because I grew up with Top of the Pops. Of I'm the Pops. a child of the charts, you know. Yeah. Um, it's only it's really only in the last ten years where I've absolutely I just don't know what the charts are. So I I I've think, become that think, old bloke. I don't think you know, the charts
0: know what the charts
1: are. No, I mean because you, you look it? at you, you look at the singles charts and you just go uh, how how is you make loving fun by Fleetwood Mac number 3? How how did that happen? But it's <laughs> just <laughs> just random songs stuff. yeah become like become top 40 hits again.
0: Yeah, and they're, and they're all they're all fate. Everything's fate it's someone. Yeah. It's all fate yeah. someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, if you ever you haven't you never saw you never saw Queen live, surely did you? So you I never you saw. I,
1: well, I, I never saw. I could have. I just could have seen them on you never the Magic did again Tour.
0: again
1: ne- Well, Freddie uh, never toured again so much so that he died. He <laughs> yeah. just went, That'll get me out of this tour. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Not before
0: that, no. And then uh, you were probably too busy watching Elton
1: John again. I imagine. Although, How many times you although, seen Elton he, John? Although here's the here's the thing about yeah, like three times I think bef- three times before I saw him in London so it's That's nuts weird.
0: I have a thing Inst- about Elton John that is clearly brilliant but people rave about him but what what this could be this could get me some hatred but what what the fuck has he done for the last 20 years
1: well I, I mean I, I would go one further and go I just I, I've really tried to listen to his early stuff I just get- I just find it really bland and middle of the road. Just, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's, who cares? But people, uh, know,
0: I don't know how he's so rich still. He hasn't released a song in 30 yeah. years. has he,
1: I'd, I'd say he made a hell of a lot of money in the seventies and the eighties and the money he didn't spend on cocaine mm. and stupidity. He probably invested fairly wisely. <laughs> yeah. Not and in what Wattford. I think. Uh, no, and wisely and stupidly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: when did you get into the Stone Roses? Then how did you get into them?
1: That that would have been b- bang, b- uh, bang on the drum. It would have been bang, or at uh, the time of them, uh, like look, it would have been about a year before that album came out. Uh, that I first got into them, and I remember them being on late night TV in 1988, and oh, that's right. And, at the start, and just it? going. Holy shit, they're... Br- and that was, you know, the gig where... Um, the, it was the TV gig where Ian Brown just uh, stormed off because they were fucking about the sound on the monitor, going, now, fuck this, and he, he, he walks off.
0: That's not the uh, one uh, where he goes, uh, amateurs, amateurs. Yeah, that's it. One.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. I love that one. So, um, so I'm pretty sure that was, that was what I saw, and it would have been 88, because it was definitely before... Um, they had you know a hit, hit singles and it was definitely before the album came out but i bought that album and i was disappointed it took me a year to genuinely for the penny to drop and when it dropped it was like well this is this is stone, it for Rose life is stone
0: now. roses first album you didn't like it at yeah. first but it I, took me a year
1: yeah i'm not saying i just sat there and listened to it for a year non stop no, no. i did other things yeah not like forest not Trump. many not many to other things an album. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do many other things, but I I did other things. Um, well, it normally
0: takes me maybe three listens a week, a couple of weeks. It's never taken right. me a I, year to come back to an album. Why did I it take it, that long?
1: I bought it the same day as I bought a Lisa Stansfield album, and I remember liking it more than the Star. <laughs> <references. laughs>
0: that, I am going <laughs> to applaud you for your honesty there. That is very I honest. like
1: Lisa Stansfield. I went to see her live at the time. Uh yeah, well she um, should
0: be insulted.
1: Uh, yeah, that's how much I hated her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, good example. Never went to see the Stone Roses?
0: Did you have Never a chance? To the- Don't tell me you had a chance to see the Stone Roses. Of
1: course Roses. I did. Of course I had a chance. I was in I, I was young in 89-90. I had every chance. I it was really hard to not have a chance to see the Stone Roses. Were you in London then? I was in London. I could have rung them up and just said where are you now I got a bus you know wow it's you should hard, write
0: it's, you should write a memoir of all the bands you've not seen
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well not seeing them
0: as the ticket sat on the yeah. mantelpiece, and I listened to Mr. Yeah. Stansfield
1: you're right I should get like a massive empty frame of all the tickets I didn't buy <laughs> oh yeah the way people keep ticket stubs um, yeah. <laughs> you should just yeah <laughs> yeah
0: frame of uh i don't know what you put in it just empty just empty just, frames just, just nothing ha- just nothing handwritten notes stone roses could yeah. have gone could have gone and then been... a list of venues near you at the time yeah. and what you did instead pub
1: yeah it was night oh yeah i mean it would have been pub it would have been pub um yeah um uh, so i could have seen them but i loved i absolutely loved them that that's the stone roses by the stone roses it is a top ten album. It is in any
0: whenever they do a chart right, of the hundred best albums, it's always there
1: or thereabouts. But it's, it's isn't, become don't, undeniable, don't you, isn't it? Don't you think it's rare though that one of those, you know, all-time Rolling Stone top ten or NME top ten, or it's really rare that you actually go, yeah, that is also in my top ten. It's. I always go. I'm definitely. Uh, I'm definitely somewhere like either it's not in the chart at all, and it's one of my favourites, or it'll be somewhere around the thirty mark. I go, oh good, that was- yeah. You're right. Do Little by the Pixies is brilliant. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that Stone Roses album though, there's not there's not one track. On- it's very rare. Such a great mm. thing when there's an album where there's not one track on it that you'd skip. <coughs> and nearly, and nearly every track on it you want to sk- listen to again. When it gets to the end of it you think fuck it i'm listening to this again i it's, love that uh,
1: and it's brilliantly put together by john leckie it's just so beautifully produced and edited it's absolutely amazing
0: yeah it feel, it does weirdly feel like one long mm, thing Really does
1: yeah like yeah. Uh, some of the prog rock bands i like to my youth
0: <laughs> yeah um i watched an i love those unofficial uh Documentary, those ones that someone's made and cobbled oh, yeah. together. But uh, I watched one about, because I, I, I didn't know, uh, so my mate played me the Stone Roses. He went, you got to listen right. to these. If you like Oasis, you'll like these, which is fair. And he put on, I remember he put on, I want to be adored. He fast forwarded the intro to get to the, the meat of the song, uh, which I think now was a mistake. Um, and then he played Sugar Spun Sister. Now I think I, if, I say I've listened to that over a hundred times. I think easy. Yeah. Easy. That's one of them that I think I've, I had stuck in my head for months. I love that song. So I watched, but I was always like, what, what, how did they fuck it up so badly? The stone roses. They could, this is before the recent documentary came out. That was brilliant. Yeah. I, I thought, how did they, and then I watched this documentary and their former manager, Gareth Evans, spoke mm-hmm. for about four seconds and i went oh there it is that's right. the reason it's one of the main reasons there's others obviously drugs and it, uh taking five, yeah. out, five years to make an album
1: yeah you're right i mean and the thing is i mean i i don't know i actually don't know the story of stone roses i'm very much um uh a rock biography guy and weirdly i don't really know the story of stone roses but i think we can put it together by If it takes you five years to make an album, that's not the band's fault. That is definitely contracts and management going on. That's not the band. Because there's no band, unless they've given up, which I don't think they did, uh, there's no band that's just going to sit there for five years. They're they're just not going to. Especially when they put out one album that wasn't just lauded, it was thought of as... It was what the world is waiting for. It was that phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and people who who uh, then slag off the second album forget bands. Then people forget how many they put out loads of singles and stuff. Fool's Gold and Elephant Stone and all of yeah. those. Yeah, they're brilliant as well. Oh they yeah, did, they are brilliant. They kind of did like <clears throat> nearly two albums worth. In an yeah,
1: album. but you can see that that's where, that that role that should have continued yeah whatever that break was that that was that did them in you know
0: yeah it's a shame yeah, yeah. so uh so just uh just to finish off here final question uh mm-hmm. i thought of one you might like right good you've got you've got a corporate think of this you've got Love. a corporate
1: uh, what's the bunce?
0: this is talk exactly me through it. it so talk me through it right for those who don't know, uh, comedians sometimes get a gig for a company. A company pays you to do a gig, and it's horrendous. They're paying you. So it's going to be some hedge fund people, all in mm-hmm. a big room, not set up for comedy, all round tables. They Awful. Cool. But it's the equivalent of sort of a month's money, two months' money, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's maybe a grand or a couple of grand or something like that. Uh, a month's money Mate. something good money anyway right so you've got a corporate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's the day before what band are playing that night in london that you cancel that corporate for
1: great question my friend god that's a good question what do we think of the rule should we go uh should we go current
0: it- band or any band ever no, I don't I th- think any I band k- ever is fair, is it? Because
1: I think here's the thing. There are many, uh, well, not may- many, but there, are, I'd say a handful of recording artists that I love and, and I would say, make my life complete. They are the best or some of the best parts about my life. And I don't miss them when they tour. I don't miss them. If Robin Hitchcock tours. I don't miss him. I've seen him countless times. Yeah. And as much as I love him, if I'm getting two grand, um, uh, he's out the window. Yeah. So it has to be a band that I've maybe not seen that much. Could <laughs> be fucking anyone for you. <laughs> so the Smiths, 1984. Yeah. <laughs> it it would. That said, I'm I'm about to take back everything I just said because I probably would for Sparks, and I've seen Sparks quite a few times. Sparks are just one of those bands that are just so thoroughly entertaining and, and they're exciting for a couple of reasons. One, the songs are always brilliant. The song selections that they choose for, to make up their each gig, those are the songs you would have picked every single time. Even when they do completely different sets, you go, yep, you're right, I would have picked those songs. <laughs> they, they put on a phenomenal show and it's exciting for that element. it's also exciting because when you watch the two members of sparks who are both in their 70s you go i will never see them again every time you go to see sparks is the last time you will see Sparks. every time
0: yeah i had that with tom petty and it was the last time there you go yeah Um, time you made sure hang on i thought of another one you'll like actually one more uh what album what album if you've got a mate right Let's let's use Robin Ince for a bit of fun. <laughs> Great. Let's let's use Robin Ince. There's an album, right, you mentioned to him and from no an album you love. Absolutely. What album would you mention to Robin Ince? And he from nowhere, you've never mentioned it before. hmm hmm And he goes, oh, yeah, I don't like that album. What album would make you rethink your whole friendship
1: with Robin <coughs> Ince? Um I I know the answer to this question. Luckily, I did buy him that album and he did like it. I even have it right here. So I'm going to do a visual for this audio podcast. It's this album. It's Underwater Moonlight (laughs) by The Soft Boys. How did you have that album right there? Oh, I, I wish think this you, was I, telly. That was I think, seamless. I think I think you can gather that I keep all the things I love right next to me at all times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're never far Don't away, look are they? at my stuff. Um, yeah, this album is. Uh, th- this is um, Robin Hitchcock's band before he went solo. Underwater uh, it,
0: Moonlight, The Soft Boys.
1: The Soft Boys. They are a great band from Cambridge. They made that album in 1981. It is a mixture of psychedelia, uh, pop, punk, Beatles, Sid Barrett. It's a bag of fucking goodness that. Oh, it's all there. Mate, you know all the bands? All the bands love Underwater Moonlight by The Soft Boys. All the bands. REM, that REM would not exist at all without "Underwater Moonlight" by uh, the Soft Boys. If you if you listen to that album, you go, "Oh yeah, that's all of early REM right there." Right. I hear it all. It's, it, it is. I'm going to say this. Yeah. One of the reasons that we continue to get out of bed because I reckon if that album wasn't around. What's the fucking point in getting up out of bed? We could just lie in our own shit and piss instead of getting up in our own shit and piss.
0: (laughs) I mean, what better way to end than that? Michael Legg, thank you very
1: much. (laughs) Thanks, mate. What is wrong with people on this train?
0: That was it. That was it. But imagine that on a tense train. (laughs) It was that level.
1: Thanks, mate. (laughs) Thank you, mate.